0: 90% of those. People like answering their text messages, I assume, right? That's crazy. The average American checks their cell phones every 12 minutes. Uh, just because I said that, I saw a couple of you check your phone right there. <laughs> every 12 minutes we check our <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm guilty. You're guilty. Uh, every 12 minutes we, we check our cell phones. That, so, you know, in today's service, you'll check it five times, six times. That's amazing to me, every 12 minutes. See, the Bible says that Jesus is closer than a brother, but I would have to argue that our cell phones are closer to us than Jesus. I mean, we eat with them, we sleep with them, and we even take showers with them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We put it right up there on the soap thing, and we're watching a movie, you know, or we're listening to music, you know, and then... uh, change it a little bit, you know? <laughs> it's true. The cell phone is closer to it. How many of you guys, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do, don't, don't even raise your hand, I don't want to know, is check your cell phone? Because you sleep with it. The first thing you do, you get up, uh, <laughs> well, let's see, how many do I have? What happened during the night? Yeah, ex- exactly. Now, what I do is when I get up, The first thing I do is I go to my messenger and I have a guy there that sends me scripture verses every morning. And the first thing I do, I'm not even out of bed yet. I'll grab it and I'll read that scripture verse for the day that he sends me. You do that too, Miss Brenda? Yeah. So that's what I do. I can't, I don't know what Nicole does. I see her over there doing something. I don't know. She's not telling me good morning, but she's doing something on that celly phone. (laughs) Look at her. (laughs) But that's what I do first thing. Because I want to put God first, not this thing first. And again, it can be that distraction where it is the first thing we do and the last thing we do. There are kids, and I, don't, I can't remember what it said, but there are kids, mostly teenagers, that will check their phone all night long. If they hear a ping, they will get up out of their sleep and they'll check that phone all night long. You can't tell me that's good for you. Because I guarantee you, it's not good for you whatever. See, it's easier to post than pray. Absolutely. And speaking of prayer, I find this interesting. And I'm, I'm guilty of this sometimes, but I, I will go back and I'll check myself. But we all have had people that are in desperate needs, that need prayer, and they use Facebook and social media to get our attention, our friends, and say, hey, please pray. I'm going through this, or this just happened, or I'm stranded, or, or whatever the case may be, and they ask us to pray. And what do we do? We send those little praying hands to them. Click. Peek. But my question to you, is that all we do? Do you really pray? Do you really pray for them? Or do you just send those prayers and you think that somehow God is going to intercede for you because you put the praying hands on the cell phone, on the post? No, he, he don't do that. No, I had a call the other day or I had a, had a message the other day it came through to me. Hey, we, our family's going through a trial. I need prayer warriors right now. Now, I, I sent the praying hands and then I private messaged him. And I talked to him. I said, hey, we're right there for you, man. We're praying right now. I talked to my wife. She's praying. We're going to get on an intercessor prayer list at the church. I think we even prayed at the prayer table on, on one of the mornings. We prayed for him and his family. So the praying hands do nothing. We have to be vigilant and not letting this do everything for us. You know, pick up that phone and call those people. Let them know you care. Come on. So if you are going to clap, y'all, you bought to clap. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, those emojis, those, those fake emotion emojis are nothing. I mean, I like them too. I, I use them, you know, you know, sorry, you know, my dog died. Poop tear. You know, I, <laughs> and then we let it go. You know? But we can't let that. Mass distraction take over everything as human beings. We still have to be human. We still have to care. We still have to show other people we care. We have to pick up that phone. We have to talk to people. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I know. I knew this was going to be a tough one. I really did, this message. It's easier to Facebook than to put your face in his book. I like that shirt. I, I had that shirt a long time ago. It's at children's things all over the place. Because it is, again... We don't put his face in our book. We put this thing in our face. And this thing takes so much time and so much energy. We got to get back to this right here. This right here is what changes our lives. This here will not change our life, it will take away from it. This is life. This is not. All right? Amen? I mean, some, I even think, and I don't know why because I'm a, young, I'm a younger generation. I even think that reading the Bible on here takes away something. And it probably don't. I, I don't know. But there's just something about having the Bible open and reading it and not just on this thing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So here's a few distractions that I want to talk to you about tonight that hopefully it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you when dealing with social media. You know, Ray brought up the Ten Commandments. We're supposed to follow them. And the Tenth Commandment says that we are not to covet All right, and I am taking that 10th commandment and putting it into social media to where I say it like this when it comes to social media, we have to be careful not to covet someone else's platform. All right, just like the 10th commandment don't covet your neighbor's anything. You know, we see their house, we see their manicured lawn, you know, we see their cool dog that stays in their yard while ours is running down the street. We see all that stuff, and and we can't covet that, the Bible says. But yet, when we look at social media, coveting is no different. We see their platform, what they have created into their bubble, and sometimes we covet that. Everybody know what I'm talking about, right? Um, Their influence, their success, how many likes they get, uh, how many shares that they get, how many comments they get on their posts. We're like, oh man, you know, I put one out the other day and two people commented on it. This guy got 46 comments. This is, stu- I, I, you know, I'm stupid, I guess. Nobody likes me. You know, and that's not true. Not true at all. No way. We have to be careful not to get our validation or self-worth based on how people respond to our posts. You know, who cares? All right? But we all can get sucked into that, and it's dangerous, and it's a distraction. So that's number one. Don't get hooked up and covet other people's social media platforms. Number two, we can get distracted and begin to vent our feelings all over social media. And boy, is that a big one. That's a rough one. It's hard not to do it. Unfortunately, everybody has an opinion and nobody cares about yours. Yeah. It's true, I know, man. It's funny, but it's not funny. You know, they do. Everybody's got an opinion. And then when you try to give yours, it's like, eh, whatever, dude. Get off. Get out of here. You know, it's the truth. I mean, we've all experienced it. And sometimes we're trying to be as sincere as we can. Sometimes we'll put our scripture verses all out there. Well, I'll tell you, blah, 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 blah. And man, they don't care. They don't care. And then you can get in this long venting debate man and everybody else all your friends they all get to see it and they're like oh boy and sometimes it gets really bad and it gets nasty I, I can't i can't believe some of the stuff that i see you know some of the venting that turns into cussing that turns into this and that man you've let it distract you and you're out of control i can't tell you how many times i've wanted to comment and, and look at nicole <laughs> I wanna say, oh you gotta be let me tell you something. Dun 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 and there's many times I'm I wanna send. I'm gonna send it. Nicole, I'm gonna send it, I'm gonna do it, I don't care. You know, And, and I can't do that. Number one, the Holy Spirit starts to do what? I mean, he starts to convict us. And if you're not convicted by the Holy Spirit, then again you better start doing more of this and less of this. I'm serious. If you're not convicted by putting all this stuff out there, cussing out people on Facebook, and you're supposed to be a Christian, you better open this up more. Right here. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe you ain't a Christian. I don't know. That's true. Because here's, here's what the Bible says. Listen. Proverbs 29:11 says, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. A fool vents all of his feelings. That doesn't just mean face-to-face, but that means on here too. You can't do that, no matter what the because Don't do it. There is a button, a send button, that you can send it to everybody, just your friends, just certain friends, or just yourself. When you feel that angry, that upset, write all your feelings down, I mean, whatever you want to do, and then just hit send to me. And read it yourself and go, that's right, yes, somebody understands me. That'll help you right there. <laughs> Amen. Woo. Matthew 12, 36 says, for every idle word a man may speak, they will give an account of it on judgment day. That means an, em- now this is what idle word means, an empty, insincere, or exaggerated talk. That's what that means. You're going to give account of it. So when we speak it, we're going to give account of it. But let me tell you something else. If we tweet it, we're going to give account of it. If we message it, if we Facebook it, if we Instagram it, whatever it is, you're going to give an account of those as well. You don't think God's going to write that down as well? Trust me. It came out of here, and just because it didn't come out of here, it came out of here, it's going to be judged the same. It's going to be judged the same. Oh boy. Proverbs 16:24 said, "Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones." We've got to be Christians. We've got to make sure that we don't let the devil distract us and start venting our feelings, especially today. I know everybody's in an uproar. I know people are are on opposite sides of of the masks and everything that's going on and all the conspiracy theories. This world is upside down right now. But remember, it's what Jesus said would happen in the end times. And listen, only those that are fit, that are on fire, that are all prayed up, studied up, are going to live through this part. You know? This, it's it. And listen, if you can't not vent through here, you better make sure you go up on the first load because, man, when we go on as the church, you ain't never going to stand what's coming after that. Amen. Ain't going to happen, folks. So get it together. Now I've, many times I've told Nicole, this is what I'm going to say. And she's like, man, you can't change this, change this, change this, change that. <laughs> I don't want to change it. But I do, or I just don't do it at all. And you know, when you just hit erase and shut the thing down and walk away from it, you feel good. You know, it just... Whew. You know, and, I, and I'm going to tell you this. Um, I'm not a Twitter guy. You know, I'm more of a Facebook guy. They say older people like Facebook and younger people like Twitter and the real young ones are Instagrams and, and all this stuff. Well, I decided I need, I need to be current and so I'm gonna figure this Twitter thing out. I'm, I'm a, I got an account on Twitter. I've got some friends on there. Um, I've been on it now for like a year. And everything is getting worse and worse and worse on Twitter, in my, in my, in, on my Twitter page. You know, uh, Facebook, you, you, you post something well, on Twitter, you repost somebody else's post or statement or saying. It's a little different than Facebook. And I get some people that I know that I'm friends with, and they will retweet somebody else's tweet. And I'm gonna go, well, that's that's a cool statement, but what in the world? Who is that? And I click on that, and there's a half-naked girl on the Twitter page on on her profile. And I'm like, what? Who? Why would somebody retweet something that that woman said? Why would you do that? And it, it's and it's and, and the language on Twitter is out of control. I mean, my eyes bleed sometimes. Like, what? What is going on? So I was fighting with it, fighting and I told Nicole about two weeks ago, I said, Nikki, I think I'm going to, I'm going race in Twitter. I can't you know, I get up in the morning and I do my Bible thing real quick and I look, oh, there's 72 messages on Twitter that somebody sent me overnight and it's tweets and stuff. And some of them are good. You know, I see tweets from Pastor Kyle and I see tweets from all kinds of people and those are great but then all of a sudden it mixed in is some weird stuff and then it's like, and I'm done and, and last week, week and a half ago, I hit something, and again, some crazy girl, half her clothes on, was saying F-bombs and all that, and I said, that's it. I went over, and I hit, mm, erase, you sure? Bam, gone. My whole Twitter account's gone. I don't even exist anymore. I'm out. I'm done. Because I just couldn't handle it. And you know, when I did that, I felt free. Wow. It was like a weight lifted off me. I was just It was just crazy. So we can't let... This stuff distract us and vent all of our feelings out there. All right? Stay in control. All right. Hallelujah. Next. Comparisons. The comparison distractions. Don't compare your reality to someone else's highlight reel. Whoa, somebody knows what I'm talking about back there. Listen, not many people will put their low light reel on Facebook not many people do that i mean it's lord so most of the time when people put a picture on they've they've painted it up so much and you don't even recognize them you know so what are those things called the 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 bitmoji listen y'all need to y'all need to wake up when it comes to the bitmojis y'all uh-uh sorry i look at some of y'all bitmojis that you put on there i'm like what that don't look anything like her Ain't no way that looks like who put that on there there's no way that she looks like she's 17 when she's 62 ain't no way what in the world wrong with people if I tried to find you at church uh oh, see where's Sharon, Sharon Sharon she ain't even here and yet she's sitting right over there y'all in these bitmojis man you guys are crazy shoot no kidding my lord I tried to do one and I'm like I can't do this that ain't that don't look like me no way. So, y'all are crazy. So, <laughs> don't. <laughs> Woo! Don't compare your reality to someone else's highlight reel. You follow a person and think, wow, this is, this, the devil will start messing with you. He'll start distracting you. If we're not careful, the enemy will start playing tricks with your mind because you follow a person and think, oh my gosh, their marriage is amazing. Because they put themselves together on the side of a mountain and they're just loving each other and their big kissy face in and stuff, you know, you're like, well, their marriage is hot. My wife don't even touch me, let alone kiss me like that. Ain't hey, no way, no way. And then we also, we also, uh, uh, we look at these um, kids and we see their pictures and they're so cute and like, man, their kids are perfect. Mine, i got to spank them every five minutes. They lie, they cheat. These kids are perfect. What are we doing wrong, honey? What are we doing wrong? Man. Or then we look at some of these singles. Man, the single life sure does look great. They're all together. They're at a beach somewhere far away. They're together. Woo! The single life. I remember what it was like being single. Man. All these highlight reels. When we were in Florida, we were, we were in Florida here about a month ago as a family, Pastor Phil, all of us and stuff. And we were waiting for like two hours for a restaurant, and it was the most horrible food we ever ate. So we're hot. It, it's crazy. And, and then I think it was Mom, mom, Pastor Phyllis, she wanted a picture in front of the big shark, you know, out there. And, and so we're like, okay, all right, fine. And like, come on, guys, get around here. And so we're trying this way. No, move over this way. No, come over here. Quentin, please, quit messing around. Get over here. I don't want to do this. This is stupid. I mean, it's just, this is what happened. This is real. So I stand over here. Fine, I got my hand up on the shark. Move in, I can't see. Oh, my gosh. Make sure you get the shark in here, okay? Come on. Boom, we hit the picture, you know, and and they put it on here. And there's all your beautiful comments. You guys are a perfect family. You look so good. Wow, you guys look like you're having a blast. We were sweating. We were starving to death. We didn't want to take the picture. All you saw was the highlight reel. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Insane. Jeez. So you you remember when you used to take your kid to Sears and take a picture? How many takes it took to get that picture that was right? Now I'm Sears. You better stop crying. You know, but yet on Facebook it looks perfect. Oh, the first one clicked. Ah, that was awesome. Not true. Not true, not true. Oh, geez. So be careful with comparisons. Do we really know what's going on at home? We don't. We do not. The fourth one, time distraction. Social media can contribute to an enormous waste of time. In my book, just like video games, what a waste of, of human brain cells, in my opinion. Because I see my kids do it all the time. It was funny, I was talking to Andrew Rogers a while back, and he said, you know, and again, techie guys, they think different. They're a little strange anyway, you know, because they're, they're smart. They're just weird sometimes, you know. he I think, and he was sitting in bed, apparently his wife must have been asleep or something, and he said, I'm going to find, I'm going to go on Facebook, and I'm going to find the end of that thing called the... Uh, Uh, the news feed, yes, the news feed. I want to find the end of that thing. And man, he is searching, searching, searching. Minutes go by, 15, 20, 30, half hour, hour. He said, there is no end to this mess. It is a dark black hole that never ends. He never found the end of it, and he went to bed. Listen, man, it is a time distraction piece of whatever. You got to be careful with this thing. Ephesians 5.16 says that we are to redeem the time. What, what What does that mean? That means make the most of your time because the Lord says the days are evil. I don't know about you, but I look out there, aren't the days evil? So we've got to redeem the time. And the devil wants us to be distracted by our time. Totally distracted. I've done news feeds and man, I get sucked in. Next thing you know, it's an hour and I'm like, oh my gosh, i got to get out of here. I can't believe I got sucked into this. And I like a lot of this stuff that all y'all put out there. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I put like all the time. Hey, praise the Lord, blah, blah, blah. It, it, sometimes it's not bad, but man, it just steals our time. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible says we got to redeem this time. I mean, this is, the mo- this is the precious part of our life and the world we live in. We don't need this. We've got to do more redeeming and make the most of our time. Now, if you do have your Bibles tonight, I do want to turn to a scripture, Luke, the 10th chapter. Luke, the 10th chapter. pastor will be happy that I actually put a scripture or two in this message. <laughs> and verse 38, again, we're talking right now of time distractions. And, you know, you, you think about it. It even happened back here. It even ba- happened back here in the Bible when Jesus was around. And it says in verse 38, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village... And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Ooh. Martha was what? What did it say? Distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left... Hear me to serve alone? I mean, she might have been nicer, but I think she was aggravated. I mean, she went to the man himself, the master, the boss of all bosses, and said, Lord, hello, Jesus, do you not care? In other words, you see me also over here, and you don't care? Do you not care that I'm doing all this by myself? And my sister's doing nothing? How many hear that at home? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And has left me to serve alone, therefore, please tell her to help me. Because she's not listening to me. She's not seeing my hand signals behind you. So come and help me. Make, he, make her. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. It sounds just like Jesus. He's so calm, he's so cool. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Wow, that's cool. So, in other words, Jesus said, yo, Martha, this is what's important. Not the distractions. I'm not going to be here forever. She's sitting at my feet. She's spending time with me. All that stuff. You're worried about all these things forget it Mary's doing what's right she's doing the right thing she's spending time with me what does that tell us guys we need to put this mess down and we need to spend time with Jesus turn off the phone so you don't run to every ping you hear while you're praying or while you're reading because it's such a major distraction Fast a day from this distraction so you can hear from God. Jesus went away from the distractions of the people. And now they still came and found Him. But He got away enough to get built back up. To hear from His Father. To do what He needed to do. Listen, this thing is so distracting at times that you can't hear nothing. you got to put it away. you got to fast so you can hear God. That's that's when we most of the time hear God. is when we're alone, when we're away. And Jesus said, do what he did. He got away. And he heard from his Father. And we need to do the same thing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, this one here is, is going to hurt you. But it's okay. It's going to be good. Number five is the dangerous distraction of secrecy. Yikes. This one was, was hard for me, but it was, it was good. I, I, I wanted to tell you, because again, this is a distraction. And this happens. One out of three marriages that end in divorce is because of online relationships. One out of three. Count them. One, two, Bob, you're done. One, two, you're done, Steve. One, two, oh my gosh. One out of three marriages are over because of online relationships. Ooh, yeah. The dangerous distraction of secrecy. And here I have something. Here's how an online affair happens. I'm going to tell you this first, okay? But it starts off with a friend request is how it starts off with. A simple little friend request, all right? And now when it comes to friend requests, I am very, very cautious of who I put on my friend, re- on my, as a friend. All right. A lot of people go, oh, cool, bam, 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 bam. Again, it's comparison. Woo, hey, I got 2,000 now. It's awesome. I don't do that. I don't do that. I am very cautious. When I see a friend request, I'll go to it. I'll hit it. I will look at their news feed. How many of you do that? I look at their news feed, and if I see just all it takes is one inappropriate cuss word, one inappropriate statement, bam, delete. It's over. It's done. I'm out. I don't mess with it. I know a lot of you guys come to me when, when Pastor and I, we get back from Africa those of you who go, you have lots of friend requests from, from people that are over there that want to be your friend and they've actually called me. People have asked, Randy, do you know this guy? You know? Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. He's cool. Or you know what? Yeah, I met him over there. and so, You know, I you know, you got to be the judge, but I wouldn't, So, which is good. So I check him out and every now and then, and I used to do this all the time, but pretty much anymore, I don't even mess with it with Nicole, but I'll get a friend request from, from I don't know, man, she must be from Russia or something. Uh, I don't know. But you know, and then her face, she's just beautiful. I just, woo! And so, and I, I hey, Nicole, hey, she wants to be my friend. You know, I just want to let you know. Yeah. I, that wasn't for me. That's it. I'm going to just, I'm letting you know. Bam, click, it's over, she's gone. So many more, I just, bam, I just hit it. Goodbye. Every great once in a while, I might come to her and say, yo, this just chick, you know, she wants to be my friend. <laughs> you better be nice to me. <laughs> you know? So that, that happens. But here's how it is. First, it starts with a friend request and then light conversation. So in other words, Jezebel, which was the, the girl up there on the screen. That was Andrew's idea, by the way. It was pretty cool. Or, or I think it might be EJ's idea. That was awesome. So basically, she said, hey, you know, you want to be my friend? And then uh, you say yes, and you click it. And then she's like, huh, hey, haven't seen you for a while. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And then here's the thing. It always happens with new friend requests or old acquaintances that your spouse knows nothing about. That's what happens. So she gives you a friend request. And I'm just using she because I'm a guy. So, I mean, you know, it happens the other way around as well. But, anyhow, so Jezebel, she wants to be my friend. I say yes. It starts out with the light conversation that you saw back there. Go back to that one real quick. Hey, how are you? It's been a while. And then you start doing that little light conversation on the phone, and then or on the on the newsfeed or your friend, then it leads to flirting, right? Next, it's it's uh, the next one is like you know, hey, I've been good. I really like your pictures that you have on here. You look great. Uh oh, now the flirting starts. You know, right? Right? And then it goes to what else does it go to then? It leads to uh, thanks. You have some great pictures too. It leads to dirty talking. Yeah, oh yeah, at least a dirty talking next. So it goes from friend request, like conversation, to uh, flirting leads to dirty talk, and then it leads to an emotional affair. What's the next one? It says, oh, you know what, I, 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 yeah, I think you're cute. And then do the next one. Oh, thank you, you're pretty handsome. Uh-oh, now it's getting a little deeper, right? And then it goes from after the emotional affair Which go ahead and put that up there. Oh yeah, what you wearing? There we go. There's the dirty talk. What you wearing? No, what you wearing? Uh huh. Uh, Just some, just some khakis. (laughs) Y'all get that? Uh, Okay, the commercial. Three in the morning. I don't think so. What are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? Just khakis. Yeah, yeah, all right. So, she asks you what you're wearing. Khakis, you know. How about yourself? I think I'm starting to like you. Here comes the emotional affair online, right? And then after that, then it comes to what? It leads to the physical affair. Oh, you do? I was thinking the same thing about you. And then is there one more on there? You know what? We should hang out. We should meet up. Bam, it's over. One out of three marriages end up, because of this right here, right here, because of that, light conversation leads to flirting, leads to dirty talk, leads to an emotional affair online, and then leads to physical affair, and here's, here's what I said, we have to make sure that our spouses are cool with us interacting with the opposite sex, social media, and that we should go out of our way to monitor how much we interact with the opposite sex, all right, that's just, that's just courtesy, it's protection, so you don't get distracted. Amen? All right, just just, uh, one more. The sixth one is the ultimate distraction. Social media is stopping us from building meaningful and engaging relationships through conversation. Through conversation. How many times have you seen a family at a restaurant like that? All the time we even, look at y'all over there, Nikki, laughing, y'all laughing. That's because you do it all the time. Yep, that's right. We all do it. We all do it. You know, we're all in an airport, man. All of us are on our phones. Now, you know, I look around and everybody's just like, oh, okay. I'm you know, but that's right there. That's not a meaningful relationship. Again, we're being Distracted. With this thing right here, one person snapchatting, another is whatsapping a friend across the world, one is keeping up with the news, another is following their favorite celebrity on Instagram, one is checking out photos on Pinterest. We are saying that social media is more important than you when we do this stuff. That's what we're saying, and it's not. You can't let it happen. You can't be distracted by it. Listen, our grandparents, most of them aren't on social media. And they're not going to be here forever. And yet, we go to their houses. We might say hi. And we sit on their couch. And we do this. Because they're not on here. They're not doing this stuff. They don't understand what you're doing. And we're not spending time with them. Because of the distraction right in front of us. Right in front of our noses. Hallelujah. Hmm. Okay. Have you ever been talking to someone... And they suddenly look down on their phone or answer it. Man, that happens to me all the time. It happened today, Greg Weingartner. Happened today. I was talking to him. All of a sudden, he, and I'm just like, really? You know what? I'm talking about social (laughs) distractions and cell phone distractions. You better get your hiney to church, boy. (laughs) And you know what? There is a word for that. It's called fubbing. P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. Do you know there's an online dictionary for social media now? I had no clue. I had no clue. And if you look it up, when you are talking to somebody and they suddenly look down on their phone or answer it right in front of you, it's called fubbing. Fubbing. And what it is, it's a two-word combination from the word phone and snubbing. Like you've snubbed me. And it's called fubbing. It's deliberately ignoring someone you know. And How many of you have ever been fubbed? Raise your hands. There better never be a hand down, that's for sure. We've all been fubbed. It's rude. It's not good. Now, excuse me, I've got to take this call. That's fine. But that is what happens. And I'm closing with this. 81% of parents report their kids are using Facebook between the ages of 8 and 13 years old. Despite the growing concern about the negative effects of social media, which too much of it is now causing depression, anxiety, and affecting children's health, and adults right now too, not just kids, but adults, 81% reported their kids are doing it, but 78 of those 81% have helped their child create the account. And Forbes says this, this was a great statement, Helping your underage kids sign up for Facebook is the new letting your kids drink alcohol and hard liquor in the house. What? Really? So listen, grandparents, you're out there. You may not be on this mess, but you know your grandkids are. Help them out. You know, you can help with all these social media distractions and other people that aren't on here. Don't let the devil trap you into falling for any of the things that I just mentioned here tonight. Continue to be a good witness. Don't let social media push God away, because that's what it'll do, and it has. Push family away, because that's what it's doing. And push um, work away. Because again, the reports of so much work not being done because people are doing this in their job is unbelievable. Don't let it do that. Don't let the devil distract you from doing that. But continue to follow Jesus. Hear me closely. Continue to follow Jesus and let the world unfriend you. Amen? Amen? Let the world unfollow you as you continue to follow Jesus. That's the most important. We are not out here to win any kind of popularity contest. Remember, Jesus said they hated me. They will hate you too. Well, too bad, tough luck. Unfollow me then, because I'm following Jesus. Amen? Amen. Everybody get something out of this tonight. Hallelujah. I hope so. Praise the Lord. It's so important. Amen? Pastor, come on up here real quick. I know you have something to say here. We were going to, you know, have people pray for each other, but uh, you have something to say, and it's already 816, so yeah, I think, right I think you want to sit there? Yeah. All right, and I think that is on for you. I think it looks I- more homey. All right. <laughs> Amen.
1: Uh, Nikki, you got a copy of what uh, the governor said today? Huh? Let me get my cell phone. You yeah, me me, me, yeah, you? yeah. You want me to fub you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Let me fub you real quick. I got to find it. Sorry, it takes a little bit I gotta find the right person
0: you want help from the younger generation honey hey quiet <laughs> here we go
1: okay this is what many of you uh, heard Governor DeWine today or you heard on news or somewhere uh, mask must be worn at all times when at an indoor location that's not a residence or outdoors when unable to keep six foot social distance from those not in your household. When waiting or riding, driving or, excuse me, or operating public transportation, taxi car service, private ride share, so forth. And uh, there are some exclusions like if you're playing sports or if you're working out Or if you're actually eating or drinking. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, let me redefine who you and I are. Number one, we have relinquished all rights to any type of rulership except one Jesus Christ. Now... That's what being a Christian is. Number two, after that, you are an American. And after that, you have your culture and, and so forth. But one thing that we are all commanded to do, if you go to uh, Mark, the 16th chapter, verse 15. Uh, John, can you read, read that for me? it's Mark the 16th chapter verse 14 this is the great command of a resurrected Savior Uh, no uh, Mark 16 and verse 15 I believe it is John go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature now First of all, that is our commission. That is the utmost priority of every Christian. Everybody agree? Secondly, the Bible says this. Why do you call me Lord and not do those things which I command you? Now, when I tell you what we are going to side with, some of you are going to start all the slur and all of the names, faithless, all this, fearful, and all this. And don't do that. Don't do that because you'll curse yourself. I'm just telling you, God loves me. And, and your, your judgment may still be out. But I'm telling you, God is on my side. Because his word is on my side. I am called to preach the gospel. I am called to teach and to make disciples out of every person that attends this church. Now that is my job. Now I'm going to make some of you mad. I am not a protector of America or its constitution. I am commanded by God to pastor people. Now, on the other side of my Americanism, I do and will fight to defend the Constitution. But in this church is not where I defend it. In this church, I am a pastor and teacher. Those are offices of God. Now you may say, well, they're taking away my rights. Okay, take me outside, tell me, and you and I will formulate some type of strategy to fight that battle. But in here, I am not a constitutional protector. In this pulpit, I am not an American. There are people all over the world that do not agree with communism, do not agree with socialism, yet they are standing in pulpits preaching the gospel as pastors and teachers going to jail for that reason. But they're fulfilling the call of God. Don't Expect me to be something that God has not made me. You you insult me when you try to get me to choose between God and country. There is no choice. I'm going God's way. And the Bible tells us, and you say, well, they're taking away my liberties. The proclamation of the governor was not made to steal our right to worship. He didn't say we couldn't worship. He didn't say we couldn't get close in church. It didn't say anything. What he mandated because of a law that is in the Ohio law laws that says that he can demand emergency responses that must be complied with. He exercised that today. He is not trying to stop me from preaching the gospel. In fact, he gave me an exemption that when I'm preaching the gospel in this pulpit, I get to take my mask off. In other words, he's not trying to muzzle me. He's not trying to muffle me. And he's not trying to silence me. Stop trying to make the Constitution the gospel. It is not the gospel. It is false. Far, far separated from the gospel. So, the Bible says this. In Acts, the fourth chapter, verse 18. Peter makes this statement when being threatened about not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Peter says, And they called them, the disciples, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor to teach In the name of Jesus that's the problem the name of Jesus and then it says this but Peter and John answered and said unto them whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God judge you and it said so when they I'm sorry and when they could not but speak, we cannot but speak the things which we have heard. And so when they were further threatened, they threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old of whom the miracle Of healing was shown. In other words. It says that when the gospel is preached. By those that are called to preach it. You and I. Now I would love to see people as passionate about the gospel. As they are about the constitution. And about uh, demeaning a party that they're not a member of. I would love that. I wish to God you could get on fire like that. But when it comes to Jesus, you're just a wet flake. Now, let me tell you something. The church is not to be compared to government. And it's not to be compared to constitutionists. And it's not to be compared whether we are honoring our Americanism. We as Christians have one Lord, we have one purpose, and we strive for one unity. And nothing that comes out of the world should have the power to break the family unit of faith. Secondly, when they are not commanding you to stop preaching... Then you have no right to rebel or to be disobedient. Now you can, but just don't tell them you're a Christian because Christians don't do that. See, Christians honor those to whom honor is due. Romans 14th chapter. We are to pray for the leaders of our nation. We're not to speak evil against them, the Bible forbids it. We're not to call them names. The Bible forbids it. Yet, many Christians are. Folks, I I don't know what your mindset is that you think you get to choose what is pleasing to God and what's not pleasing to God. If you do what Jesus said, you're a Christian. And if you don't, you're not. Now, it's real simple. You call Jesus Lord the first thing you do is act like a Christian. Well, a Christian don't mean you lay over and roll over, said the voice of the Constitutionist. The gospel says if he smite you on the cheek, you turn the other. The gospel never empowered you to talk about your enemies, never empowered you to call them names, never empowered you to speak against leaders that don't do what you want. Here is the great thing about leaders. They aren't your puppets. Good thing about pastors, we're God's choice and not yours. Now, this church, come Sunday morning, is going to comply with governmental law. And until they tell us to quit preaching the gospel I will not rise up and rebel. There's no reason for me to. There's not a cause. There's no purpose for me to do so. Now, when they try to take my voice of preaching the gospel to you on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and through the airways and, and whatever meeting, a media that I use, then then will I defy them. But, if I can do what they ask me to do to maintain peace, then I will be a man of peace. Now, Jesus. somebody said this on Facebook. Well, all the disciples who were involved in politics said somebody that repeated something. Show me one scripture. Thank you. Now you need to go back and deplete that post because it's just a nice post that was done stupidly. Paul was not a political leader. He was a gospel leader. The only political involvement that they accused them of was declaring... The kingship and lordship of one Christ Jesus, whom they said was dead, but Paul says is now alive. That was the only political statements involved. Now, some of you may say, well, they're taking my rights, they're taking this. Okay, get up a rally and I'll go with you. But, do not try to make this church a constitutionist church it is not and it will not be i'm going to preach the gospel and that's what we will die for and that's what we will stand for if it's if it is a choice between god and country i'll choose god if it is a choice of my country and the freedom and so forth by uh outside powers and enemies then I will go to war. But I will not declare war on innocent government officials when they are not trying to steal my God-given purpose. I'm not fighting a fight. I'm not called to fight. Amen? So, Now you know where I stand. Well, what if you come in and some people don't? Let them. The problem is that when they see you on social media and somebody turns you in and then you cause all that trouble for your church and for other believers that are here to worship God, the souls that need to be saved, need to be healed, I hope it was worth you making some powerless statement about nothing but you will comply when you need groceries. You know, there's a real problem with that type of attitude. Now, I'm Pastor Dosak, and I approve this message because I've said it. There you go. So, Sunday morning, unless you have a medical uh, condition, or you're eating and drinking and don't bring popcorn and Diet Coke, because you now eat that afterward when we talk. So that's what's going to happen, because the governor asked that. How long is it going to be? I don't know. But until they take or threaten my right to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ as being an alien to this world, I am not going to fight a fight that I'm not called to fight. Okay, so praise God. Let's stand your feet and we will see you (laughs) hopefully Sunday morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.